get started with a simple, always easy one to start with, which is thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. I know we're in an incredibly busy period of time for you, so it is much appreciated. So let me ease you in by simply asking you, starting with you, Tim, how are you doing at the moment? I'm doing really well, Carl. Yeah, I've had a good day and I'm currently sitting back enjoying a beer that my fellow guitarist, Chris Morley, has actually brewed for me. So what's not to love? Well, on that front then, Chris, tell us about that beer and how you're doing yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm doing very well. Uh, I've spent most of the, this afternoon getting a tattoo, funnily enough, so I'm pretty well rested from being sat on a, uh, you know, a, basically a couch all day. So, um, yeah, uh, pretty good. Uh, the beer is a, a black IPA. Uh, might be one of my favourites that I've brewed in a while. So, yeah. Where can we find that beer? Uh, so it's unfortunately I homebrew, so you uh, you you can't buy it off the shelves. But um, if you uh, speak to me nicely at a show, maybe I'll have some. <laughs> we should absolutely start. I don't know if that's legal, but could we start selling beer at the merch table? You, beer? you can't sell homebrew apparently because mm. uh, the uh, the tax office likes a cut of that if you do. Uh, okay. There it is. There it is. Um, obviously, just two of you from the Beyond Grace camp. So overall, how is everybody else doing? Are you in a good headspace right now? Because we are a touch over a week from the release of Welcome to the New Dark Ages, part one. Indeed. Yeah, I think we're excited. Uh, Chris can correct me if he's not excited, but it's always a delight when something that you've worked hard on for ages and I'll, well, I'll speak for myself, something that I've got so close to, I've lost the wood for the trees yeah. actually hits the real world and people start responding to it and then hopefully enjoying it that we've been fortunate so far we've had uh we've had some positive reviews in our previous releases so and i think genuinely this is probably the best thing we've done so far so i'm really excited that it's gonna it's gonna hit people's ears next week yeah i mean just adding to that it's um it was like there was a little bit of stress went into this EP um, without going to too much detail. Yeah, I would like we had a lot going on. Uh, as a, a lot band. of stress. And, a lot um, of stress. Like, I think I think to some extent, you know, like pre the pressure has made a diamond, at least from our point of view. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I think we're all really happy with how it came out. Um, but yeah, a little bit of a like nicer headspace now. And we're um, we're super excited for release and for people to hear it. So. Yeah. Have you have you had any reviews out yet that can give you an impression of how, um, at least on the press side of things, it's been received? Because obviously you've got your, you know, you've got a single out, you've got YouTube comments and obviously it was um, social media comments as well. Yeah, so we got, I think we got the first review sometime um, earlier this week. It was on Monday. Um, and it was, yeah, it was overall really, really positive. Um, and I we always find it funny when we get reviews just kind of like, what bits people really like and what bits yeah. you know kind of like because obviously we always have our favorite bits that we enjoyed playing and enjoy you know kind of like listening back to and it's always kind of fun to get reviews and you know hear people go oh actually i really liked that bit and we're like huh <laughs> like i was really glad that the uh, reviewer picked up on the cover version of the peter gabriel song that we put together as well because that was a bit of an adventure for us to try something different. It was the first time we'd done any clean singing on any of our recordings. And uh, to see that land favourably was was a bit of a relief as much as anything else, I think. So I hope people enjoy that part of it. Um, whether or not they like Peter Gabriel 
it's a it's an interesting interpretation well that's always the thing about covers really isn't it if you for regardless of what you personally might do to a track uh in regards to changing it and making it say heavy or softer and so on if you hate the original you're always going to struggle to like yeah. any kind of cover well people who love the original hate our cover and we took that as a compliment there it is of course uh welcome to the new dark ages part one is your new ep and it is out on november 24th of this year uh part one of a three-part series of digital eps which will then be collected into a wonderful physical album entitled of course welcome to the dark ages so let's start there why did you choose to do it this way three eps um so basically it was um the best way I can describe it is kind of uh, coming off the back of uh, our previous work. What One of the things that we kind of struggled with, especially during COVID, was kind of like keeping people abreast of what we were doing because we found like we all, everyone was busy during COVID, right? Like, you know, and especially when you're trapped inside all the time, you don't have, you know, that much leeway to kind of get together and collaborate and make new stuff. Um, and so you know we found that like we kind of started to build up all this momentum and then kind of covid killed it off just because we couldn't get anything else out there um and kind of it was andy funnily enough our singer that we sort of started to kind of bat around this idea of like oh well maybe we just do like eps um then it kind of was something that cryptopsy was toying with for a little while and so like i really like those eps and i was like actually kind of maybe he's got a point here and just you know having like every so many months we just put out kind of like you know four or five tracks that we're really really proud with you know like yeah i think i was actually our our videographer who's a friend of the band he gave us the final idea to go that i think we were tending in that direction but it's something to do with the new world of streaming and mm. more constant releases being better than one big release dump unless you're an enormous band like tool or something that everyone's going to pay attention to mm. for a little band like us it just keeping stuff that's in the public eye um is important and so we thought well okay let's try and work smarter rather than harder we've got loads of good ideas we know an album is quite a effort and an undertaking we've known that from the past too so let's try and package this in a way that yeah helps us uh keep our own momentum and passes on that sense of momentum to the people that are following with the band as well oh, you're paying attention to the state of the industry the world as it is the instant gratification that is needed you're absolutely right i i figured i actually could have guessed that there had to be that thought process behind it because you are right. You release an album in two weeks' time. It's not necessarily it's forgotten about, but it's buried as new releases every single week, single week, single week. So I guess uh, this way, every time we, people begin to forget or move on, there'll be another release. That's the hope. If they liked it, if they don't unfollow us. <laughs> if they really love Peter Gabriel. <laughs> How soon after the release of Our Kingdom Undone uh, did work begin on Welcome to the New Dark Ages? And... What did your initial vision look like? I think, uh, just to jump in here, I think the cover, funnily enough, um, work started on that pretty rapidly afterwards because we'd been toying with the idea of doing the cover for a mm. while. And so, um, obviously, Our Kingdom Undone was kind of um, uh, mixed by Charles of a, uh, Abysmal Dawn, and the cover is as well. Um, funnily enough and so that was kind of like almost the thing that 
tethered the two together. And then I think kind of when we started, when we'd finished that was kind of when we had a whole bunch of ideas that we just started throwing around for riffs. And because especially like we released our Kingdom Undone kind of sort of mid-COVID, so it wasn't like we had anything else to do. So mm. it's like, let's let's just write to the best of our ability. Might as well just write riffs Yeah, see what happens. I think for us, it's writing's an ongoing process. And actually it's better when it's constant rather mm. than urgent. When things are urgent, it gets stressy, it gets pressured. You've got a deadline coming around the corner. You have to just kind of make compromises for the sake of getting things over the line. Whereas having a more, we're always on, we're always absorbing stuff, we're always throwing ideas down is much more helpful. Even though 80 to 90% of those ideas never see the light of day because they're absolute garbage. It's you do that for the sake of getting the 10 to 20% that clicks and you think, okay, I can work with this. And then you build up a little bit of momentum for yourself and you have, we just, we have like tabs and demo ideas floating around all over the place that we can pull from. And it's like, Oh, that idea that I had two years ago fits really well in this riff that I'm writing now. So how about we combine the two and it becomes quite an organic process when it's working well, I think. How you want it to be. So is it fair to say then there wasn't necessarily a plan at the time in regards to releasing or putting together either EPs or an album? Yeah. So I think, we just kind of started writing for the sake of writing really. And um, I think kind of it just evolved as it went on. So like the, the, the single, uh, sorry, the single, the um, cover and how happy we were with how that came out, I think meant that we then felt confident enough to include some more of Tim's kind of clean singing on the stuff that we were doing and kind of like, we me and tim spent a lot of time like batting demos back and forth um and i think one of the like a couple of the things that really emerged from how we were writing at that time was um we we had a couple of couple of phrases that came up a lot and one of them was kill your darlings hmm. so we were trying to like kind of take what we do and do it in a much more concise kind of manner but it definitely didn't start out like that like we kind of started to write how we normally did and then I think fit for an autopsy was a bit to blame in that we both really got into them over um COVID and they do this fantastic job of writing like really really good songs that are really concise and well put together um and so we kind of like went right okay let's trim all the fat off the stuff we have and then kind of see what's left um, even though the fat is delicious yes, <laughs> and, yes. And, you, and you love it and when you write it you want to keep it in and you think this is great but for the sake of the whole piece you have to cut stuff out Carl I'm sure as a writer you know this feeling sometimes just for the sake of the end product you have to make some difficult decisions along the way but hopefully if writing is that organic process you can reuse the stuff that got chopped out earlier and adapt it and reapply it in some way and it's, it's always ongoing as painful as it is at the time so at what point then did you find the album was uh, like an album was a possible, the album was a possibility that you thought, okay, we have got enough material here. We've got enough ideas and, and, and it's taken shape. I think we had, when we started recording the Peter Gabriel cover, here comes the flood. We had about half a dozen songs mm. that were two thirds complete or so. So we were at a junction where we thought, okay, do we want to just push through and try and get this up to eight or nine songs um, and get it over the line sooner rather than later? Or are we better off just chunking this, making this a bit more 
viable because we all have full-time jobs alas no one's no one's in the death metal game for fame and fortune it's uh you do it for the love of it so yeah we've all got other things that we're doing other projects on the side some musical some beer brewing related you know andy writes and uh ed plays in a wedding band and works at an art gallery or a university art gallery or something like that i don't know what he does but anyway yeah people have got stuff going on so it's trying to it's trying to find those evenings those weekends an hour here and out there where you can keep things moving and when you just put when you when the decision is taken it's an album things get really intense really quickly and at the end of the day i think we're, this band is still going because we like hanging out with each other um with friends and actually if we didn't have that we wouldn't be doing it so protecting one another and the relationships that we have together is actually the most important thing and and if it stops being fun for a for a prolonged period of time then then we're gonna have to raise some questions but i think as we've got the balance roughly right this three ep one album strategy looks like it could be could be a winner we'll see i don't know maybe we'll have an interview with you in a year carl and you can see if it worked or not well the idea the ideal situation would be i can't get an interview because you're too damn big these days for some oh, like carl, us, we'll always you know? make time for you know? carl we'll that's always the dream I mean, part one, I've heard it showcases Decider Beyond Grace that we are all familiar with to some degree, but it also shows you're expanding uh, in many different facets. And it is fascinating for that. In fact, it's notable from the first single alone. Most people have heard it, the burning season. So I have to ask, was that an important aspect for you when it came to writing this record to not be stagnating? You want to take this one, Tim? Oh, okay. Oh, you, go, you go first. I think like, I think, yeah, in that, um i'm trying to figure out how best to describe it but we we're very lucky as a band to have um andy who does a lot of writing for no clean singing um as our singer and so he's kind of always like just kind of pouring what he thinks is good music at you um to the point where it's actually it's, it's a bit of a torrent and it can be very difficult to keep up um but like nine times out of ten, if he really goes out of his way to be like, hey, you need to listen to this band, it's, you know, it's it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And um, like that's kind of like really nice as this kind of like torrent of different ideas and, you know, and stuff like that. And so I think, like I mentioned, you know, kind of fit for an autopsy earlier, like I think there's always something where we're, you know, kind of listening to stuff as a band and we go, oh, that's cool. Like maybe we could, you know do something a bit like that on this album or yeah. you know kind of maybe we could like push ourselves in like a you know a similar way or you know or something like that so I think it's more of like a um I don't know whether it's so much a conscious choice as kind of like it's just we're always listening to new stuff and we're always exploring stuff and that just kind of ends up naturally you're always out. You're always developing as a musician. You, you're getting older, wiser. You're learning new things. It, it should be, as you say, as natural as anything. Mm. I think yeah, that's exactly. really true. Um, and we're trying to just pull in inspiration from wherever we can find it, really. So that doesn't always look like just listening to metal bands, although a lot of the time it does. And we think, oh, that's a good riff. Can we write a less good version of that riff, but then iterate the less good version of that riff so it evolves into something else instead? We can hear all of those influences, but hopefully it adds up to something that sounds distinctively beyond grace. I think with every record that we've done so far, we've honed in closer on the essence of what we want to be about as a band and what we, how we want to express ourselves. But inspiration comes from everywhere. And, and unless you're ACDC and you can put out the same album 
for 40 years <laughs> and people love it i think i think evolution is uh is a necessary but also natural part of the process so there's there's some there's some random influences on this album that hopefully you wouldn't hear but some jazz some musical theater some mm. yeah some prog it's all kind of it all goes into the stew and then hopefully something comes out the other end that sounds distinctive in its own right it's kind of an alchemy but um but when it works it works and based off what i've heard so far i think it is definitely working um chris you mentioned stress at the start of this interview so i want to bring it back to that specifically the challenging aspects of this entire record creation what were some of them um so i think like especially coming out of covid and stuff like there was that was one aspect of it um like um andy i won't go into details but andy was dealing with a lot of you know family stress and you know kind of went through a really nasty rough spot at the start of the year which is kind of when we were really trying to like hone in on what we wanted these kind of songs to sound like um you know and then kind of like that coincided with us you know kind of starting to really finalize this ep um we uh had you know like our uh previous bassist andrew um is a lovely guy but he had um like two kids um and a partner and so you know kind of he left and so there was an aspect of like how oh, do we get a new bassist mm. like you know andy wants to also play bass and like you know so there was kind of a lot of stuff that was kind of going on like inside the band but also outside the band as well um you know so like i um kind of started a new job mid kind of pandemic and then hung around for six months and went this isn't for me and quit and like so yeah um just kind of a lot of stuff that is external to the band that kind of you know like we're all we're all people and so there's no way that you can stop that from not spilling into you know like stuff that you do as a band um and also to some extent you know like um the music that we end up making so yeah um, just a little bit of all sorts, if I'm being honest, Carl. No, I appreciate the honesty. Um, and the most important thing is that here we stand. We are just over a week from the release of the first part of this trilogy piece. And this is, you know, the end result of our dark times, hard times, COVID, uh, personal problems and all that. Still, here you are. And that's the most important thing. Yeah, at the end of the day, like it's, um, you know, it's kind of it's quite nice because I think it be, kind of became a bit of an outlet for us in that like you know when when you're when you're getting stressed out and things are a bit annoying like hearing that Tim has written a new riff and it's beastly as all hell is you know always always cheers you up I can confirm <laughs> I think also the the COVID dynamic has really affected the scene at least mm. for bands that are on the smaller end of the spectrum like us. Um, it's just harder. There's just less kind of, at least from our perspective, less kind of momentum, less things happening. And so that element that you always hope for, which is playing the music live and getting a response from it in that moment um, was was gone. So it feels like we've, we've had to kind of start all over again, back to, you know, we, we're 
we slid down the snake and it's like back to zero do not pass go do not collect to i'm mixing my metaphors but you get the idea I'm, you know just uh and that's and that's difficult because you have a certain amount of momentum with the last record and then through no fault of your own life happens and the, and there's a global pandemic and and things just have to start over so so it's i think it's been tough but this does feel like a bit of a new season and starting out on this on this little ep trajectory i think is exciting and um yeah glad that you're liking what you've heard so far carl and uh hopefully there'll be more to come yeah well i mean i was over the moon when i saw um it pop up in the in mailbox because big fan of our kingdom undone um it did come out in 2021 as you said it's uh, there was a difficult period of time ultimately it may not get a fairer shake because of that but you weren't alone there that's the thing there's nothing you could have done about that um but aside from like these challenging aspects we talked about i want to switch it around to the satisfying part the things that are more positive this entire writing creative experience what were some of the more satisfying aspects for you well i can geek out on this for a moment um I think I've always been a bit hesitant about downloading the latest plugin for this amp or that effect or whatever, because I'm personally do not rate myself as a good producer at all. I can demo stuff, I can track stuff, but that's about it. And so playing with anything more than what the set presets are in Logic, I thought was a bit beyond me. And actually I'd be better off just learning how to use the stuff that comes with the software rather than, you know, the guitar pedal equivalent of, I'll just throw money at the problem and just buy more pedals and that will make me better so so that was that was a good learning process in itself and i think learning how to demo things well with the technology that we had has been really helpful so with all of these tracks we had fully completed demos before we sent them off uh to slav at jigsaw audio for mixing and mastering and as much for ourselves as for him knowing that we were all happy and we had a good sense of the the cohesiveness of each song and where all the different layers fitted together was really helpful. And and kind of, we were proud of the songs already before we'd sent them off without needing to worry about is the mix or master gonna, gonna get this over the line. And then as part of that, I'm, I'm gonna contradict what I just said in that I did download one plugin, which has absolutely delighted me and I'm still having a good time with it, which is, um, which is called Labs by Spitfire Audio. Oh my goodness, how is this stuff free? I don't know. I've got to give these guys a shout out, Spitfire Audio. Incredible. And it just opened up this whole new world of kind of sonic possibilities with a bit of ambience or some hits or snaps here and there, just to not never to draw attention to itself, but just to accentuate moments in the music that you really want to hit hard. So for example, in the burning season, uh, there's a really heavy trem riff in the kind of bridge part. And just just layering that in the right way in the demo process, using what we knew how to use and introducing one new element was enough, I think, to to take it the whole thing to the next level, which has been really exciting for me. So, I mean, there's only been one review so far, and that one review didn't say, these guys have relied on the studio to take it to the next level. It was, it was very affirming in terms of the songwriting coming mm. through on its own terms. And I hope that's what's going to be apparent to people when they listen to the record they'll hear the songs as we hear the songs because they've been put together in 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 a more developed more mature more confident way i think that's been most satisfying for me how about you chris um i think actually building off of that the thing that like the one of the other sayings that we had or sort of you know we had kind of towards the end of this was like give the people what they want because like especially on some of our like early like like previous stuff um it's not like that we've 
pulled punches, but it, it's felt like there's been times where it's like, maybe that could riff could have gone on like a little longer or like maybe we could have like gone to like a really heavy riff there or something like that and um i think kind of like having the confidence to write riffs where i was like that is really really cool and i really like that and i hope like people listening to it will really like it as well and then getting the first sort of mixes and masters and stuff back and like i remember downloading it sprinting out to go get my bus to go get to work and like sitting on the bus with my like you know noise cancelling headphones on I'm just being like oh my god this sounds great and that riff hits like absolutely like a jackhammer like um so that was really satisfying to kind of get like to have put all this work in, in and then hear the first kind of mixes and masters and like be like okay like yeah this this definitely paid off um, was... I think that's also kind of a maturity in the songwriting process. I remember back in the early days, even before we were called Beyond Grace, for me, a good riff was one that I struggled to play. I thought, oh, right. it's difficult to play. It must be a good riff. So what that meant was writing riffs that were really difficult to play for the sake of just being difficult. Whereas now I think we've got a bit more confidence in what we're writing. And, you know, any old riff may or may not be more difficult than any other riff. But if it works in that bit of the song, then just double down on it and enjoy it. And actually treating songs as cohesive pieces rather than how can I make this as technically challenging for myself as possible just for the sake of it, ends up with a much better product. We know we're not going to be Archfire, so let's not play that game. Let's not fight that battle. Let's just do what we can do to the best of our ability. And I think having a confidence and maturity to own that has, has shown itself in the writing. Well, your enthusiasm absolutely shines through. You know, I've done plenty of interviews where I wonder if uh, the band or the artist really gives a damn about their release or and I've done similar ones like this where um, you're very excitable about it and for good bloody reason because it deserves the attention. And if you're happy with it, that will shine through as well. I hope so. Uh, well, as and when you come see us live, Carl, and we'll buy you a beer or Chris will stealth you a beer, then you'll see some of that delight coming through on stage because that's really the icing on the cake is when when you can deliver it to people in a room in a moment you're in the zone they're in the zone everything's adding up to more than the sum of its parts and that's that's the most exciting bit so if there's anyone else out there watching this who's like oh yeah, beyond grace i'm intrigued by that come down and say hi we'll shake your hand absolutely although i can i can kind of like take the higher ground here and be like well, i've seen you guys play live i've got a couple of your t-shirts in my wardrobe back there actually oh you're absolute legend <laughs> Where where was that? Can I ask? Where did you where did you come along? Oh, we're someone in London. Well, it's London. I'm in London. Oh, I can't, I can't quite remember. We probably Camden, just... probably like Black Heart or something. Yeah, like that. that's it. Yeah, there it is, Black Heart. Heart. Absolutely great venue. Love those guys. Yeah, I hope we'll be back soon. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, right, you've mentioned this a couple of times, so let's get into it. Here comes the flood, Peter Gabriel. It is certainly something. And uh, I consider myself uh, a half and half fan of Peter Gabriel. Some songs fine, some songs not so fine. Uh, so how did this choice come along and why cover it? I, I remember sitting in my friend's car 15 years ago and he played me this song. And I was like, what is this? I've never heard anything quite like it before. And it just lodged in my brain. And I thought I'd love to do something with that at some point. And... I mentioned it to a few of the guys along the way, but it just, I don't know, for whatever reason, didn't materialise. And it was probably during when COVID started. It was like, okay, now's the time to, you know, 
give this a go let's see if it can work i remember listening to the track the original track and when the chorus first hits even for a non-metal track i was like this is heavy heavy stuff here and the lyrics have a kind of weird like ambiguous darkness to them as well that i think is like nice and metal so gave andy something to get his teeth into and then as with lots of our songwriting it was uh 10% inspiration 90% perspiration after that point and then just like going round and round and round and can we stretch this part can we contract that part can we can we do this at uh, this section oh that needs a riff there i think for a while i had everything except the chorus and i just had to walk away from it and then i, I was just on the car in the car on the way to dunelm how mundane is that and <laughs> but chris and i we each have our own inspiration playlists which is good to put on every now and again yeah popped on the inspiration playlist and i just heard a chorus by a band that we really love called discarnate don't know if you know them, but absolutely worth checking out and i thought i think they've done there what we need to do here so tried to take inspiration from them full credit to them amazing band and work it into hours and, and i think it just like came together at the end so that was my experience but uh, chris i mean yeah, maybe you feel like it was science field delivered by the time you got to it or uh, was it more of an organic process for you no I, I think i think it was very much like pim's baby for want of a better mm. way of putting it um i think kind of we'd been toying with the idea of doing a cover for a while somewhere buried in our google drive is um uh, a cover of a Judas Priest song that may or may never see the light of day. Um, but like, so it was an idea that we'd had for a while. And I think we wanted to do something that was a bit out of left field. I think we'd all sort of decided that. And I think we wanted to do something that wasn't necessarily, the way that I can best describe it is we didn't want to do like a metal cover of like a pop song or a rock song we wanted to do kind of like beyond grace rewrites x right or and so i think it was just finding the right song mm. to do that with um and then like say tim came along with kind of like i want to do this peter gabriel track mm. um and i think i think i remember you playing it in the practice room like over your phone and everyone going yeah there's a lot of cool stuff we could do with that <laughs> And then the next thing that I knew, it was like, I've like written all of this stuff for it. I just need the chorus. And it was like, oh, oh, that's really, really good. <laughs> like, so. Well, Ed, our drummer, that may have happened, Chris, but he maintains he's still not actually listened to the original track ever because he didn't want to be too influenced by it when he wrote the drum parts oh. for our cover. Um, so when it came out, the our version, our cover, he said he would give himself permission to listen to it. And I asked him a few weeks ago if he had, and he said he still hadn't got round to it. So <laughs> I don't know if Ed's actually ever heard the original in its full glory. Maybe he's heard it through an iPhone held up to a microphone in a practice room, which is not the same. But um, it was it was kind of. But Ed can have full credit for you know ownership over everything that he wrote for that, which I think came out really well. And the other thing to say is that um, all being well as long as we don't get sued by Peter Gabriel, we'll, uh, there's there's more covers to come. Not Peter Gabriel mm. covers, but it just gives us a chance to play with something a bit different. And as Chris said, not, not just do a metal version of a pop song or even not just play the riffs of another metal song. So I know like Into the Pit and Painkiller by Judas Priest. These are these are great songs. They've been covered, even Laid to Rest, like Fit for an Autopsy, we loved that I covered that recently. Great 
but we thought let's push ourselves to do something a bit different we don't just want to play someone else's riffs we want to write something that expresses what we want to express as if we'd written that song to start with so more covers to come and also open to taking ideas no, nothing's quite set in stone for the third ep so if anyone watching this has any ideas for like cool dark ambiguous metal sounding-esque pop songs send them our way we're ready for it Oh, no, it's fascinating because, I mean, my, I, I, I agree with what you're saying there. My interest isn't in, I say, uh, another cover of another metal track or rock track or just something that's been heavied up. It's here's something that no one ever really does or ever really thinks about doing. Let's have a go with that. So much more interesting. Glad you liked it. It is. It is a really cool cover, actually. Yeah, it really is. I, I think, like I said, it's going to be one that people will decide uh, completely on their own front, depending upon how they feel about the original and so on. Um, but hell, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun, um, particularly what's coming forward. Which brings me to the next question. Can you give me any insight at all into the next stage of the release plan where we might see parts two, three and eventually the full thing? We can, as long as you don't hold us to it, because being in this band... <laughs> We've set deadlines and then uh, and then it's like, all oh, right, that was a bit ambitious. So um, we have rough windows then. Okay. Well, I think um, the second EP is well on the way. I think it's uh, like we're at finishing touches stages for most of the tracks, bar one. Chris is working on a track that is has the working title Moody Chris, which I think is an excellent working title. It may or may not make it to be the final title, but Moody Chris. <laughs> Just needs a bit more work. It needs some ideas throwing at it. But all being well, we will be recording that definitely first quarter of next year uh, and then getting it out to people as soon as possible. I think we've got a really good working relationship with Slav at Jigsaw Ooh. Audio. We had a great time with him. He was nothing but gracious and understanding and wanted to help us. So um, so we'll we'll keep on that track. And yeah, as long as as long as there's good momentum and we're buoyed by the kind of response the first EP gets, hopefully things will will click into place. And it'll be three tracks per EP plus plus a cover if we can get to it, adding up to to a nine track album. Uh, and then may may maybe or may not include some some bonus material because there's all the cuts that get left on the floor and it's like oh I could do something with like that. So so we'll see. As I said, it's we like to keep it an organic process rather than a kind of meticulously organized mechanical process um and that allows us to express ourselves best so yeah so next ep finishing recording soon next definitely within the next six months and then and then the other ep the thing is this is the part of the organic process it's we're writing that as well at the moment so if i if i have an evening and i can come and sit down i'll see where the inspiration takes me and maybe it'll be polishing off one ep two track or maybe it'll be getting an ep three track some ideas thrown down at that so so we will see we will see but hopefully by this time next year we'll uh we'll be rocking whatever that looks like <laughs> chris have I got, am i right i don't want to say too much or too little would yeah you? i think you've nailed it and i think part of the problem is is that like i think if you were to speak to any member individually like all of them would say probably a different date but i think like <laughs> i think that's where we're at the minute is probably kind of like all of us would really like to aim for first quarter next year in terms of like we've finished recording and you know it's it's basically ready to go um and then we just need to do all the you know release build up and all that type of stuff um but like tim says um ep2 is kind of like uh, you know like we've got two tracks which are like 90 ish percent plus there 
um one track which is kind of in progress but i think we're all kind of pretty happy with where it's going um and then uh a cover which is uh kind of yeah in the midst of top uh, secret yeah top secret but, but if you like your 80s pop then... you'll be happy with this say no more it's just fantastic to hear that the plans are in place even if they're rough and that just means 2024 is going to be a busy hopefully very busy year for you as you're out live as much as possible too maybe even there's some festivals thrown in if people want to book you which they really bloody should um and then just carry on what doing what you're doing really that's the plan yeah cheers carl thanks for hosting us and having the having the chat always good to get the word out and meet meet a fellow metalhead I want a couple of more minutes of your time, gentlemen. And this is Ozzy Osbourne. And in his head are randomised <laughs> questions of anything and everything that we've thought Love of, it. As, as well as submissions from other artists and bands too. So you can always get one of them. I'm going to pull some out at random. I'm going to throw them your way, if you don't mind answering. Please. Go for it. Okay, actually, you actually get an artist one. Uh, we'll start with Tim. Um, Michael Webster, the singer-songwriter from Manchester, Anyone's Ghost and Bread, Re- Bread Records, asks, does fish belong on pizza? Mm, does it belong on pizza? Yeah. I'm going to say it does not belong. You know, I'm all up for a creative mashup of things, <laughs> but what, what you do in your own room at home is up to you. Don't bring it out into the public space. How about you, Chris? Fish belong on pizza? I can't, I can't see me going for it over something like pepperoni, you know. Pork belongs on pizza. Yeah, pork, pork belongs on pizza. <laughs> so this is it. Carl, I feel like base. you disagree. I very much do, I'm afraid. But uh, you're a big anchovy, anchovy guy. No, 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 not, not. I don't think I've ever had fish on pizza. But I'm very much a bog standard. Here's some mozzarella, and that's about all I need. Oh well, yeah. I mean, you're speaking to a vegan here, so. I was just making yes. a conciliatory mark, remark to the to pepperoni fans out there, but you don't need any more than good quality raw ing- like natural ingredients that have been grown in someone's back garden. That's what pizza is about. Simple, beautiful. Fair enough. Right, back to you, Tim. Number 82. What video game defined your childhood? Oh, that is an absolutely great question. Um, uh, probably... Oh, my goodness. Um... Uh, uh, Command and Conquer Red Alert 1 maybe that ages me I know Red Alert 2 was like the breakout success of that whole series but Red Alert 1 I remember because it was the first game I ever played on the internet against my friends we dialed up each other's modems we lived 100 metres from each other and we did a live game where we were playing against each other from our own houses This, this absolutely blew our minds it was the best thing of all time so command and conquer red alert one i can still remember some of the little quotes from the characters in it and the the, the the whole shebang sensational game sensational would would recommend if if, if you think that ages you i i i, I was playing the original before <laughs> oh mate, yeah original yeah. command and conquer that is that is that is old school but you know I, well i don't know if it holds up maybe I, don't mm, want to find yeah. it. I just want to remember it as a classic chris what about you you've got a video game that finds your childhood uh less less sort of like childhood and more young adulthood i suppose but halo reach for me like really i yeah i basically i have a really nice core group of friends from back home and uh all of us met and kind of bonded playing halo reach so it was kind of like you know you would 
get home, sit down, like, you know, have dinner, and then everyone would log on and we would just, like, play Halo Reach. And I've got so many kind of, like, fond memories of, like, just dicking around on that game and just being in tears of laughter. So, yeah, Halo Reach for me. All those Halo games up to Reach, really, I think uh, they're responsible for a lot of bonds and friendships over the years. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, most definitely. All right, back to you, Tim. What is a fandom that frightens you a little bit? Do you know what? I hope I don't get myself into trouble here, but the the whole Potterverse thing terrifies me um, because of all that has kicked off in that in that in that fandom. I would mm. really commend. I don't know if anyone's listened to it. A brilliant series. There's going to be a tie in here to be on Grace. So watch watch me work. <laughs> do pull this one off. Um, Brilliant series by uh, a journalist called uh, Megan Phelps Roper, who interviews J.K. Rowling for the Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling about the whole thing. Amazing, a brilliant kind of like insight into the dynamics of of culture at the moment and the culture wars that we find ourselves in. Megan Phelps Roper <clears throat> did a TED talk about leaving Westboro Baptist Church. That's her background. Oh yeah, which we, I think, actually Chris recommended to us. And uh, ended up being sampled on uh, the song "Factions Speak Louder Than Herds" on the first uh, Beyond Grace record that Chris Chris was on. So on our Kingdom Undone, "Factions Speak Louder Than Herds," Megafelt's Roper quote at the start, and then she went on to do great things. I can only assume it's because we featured her on our album. Of course. How about you, Chris? A fandom that scares you or frightens you a little bit? I think I, I'm unfortunately I'm going to have to side with Tim here as well. The part of this thing because like I don't understand it. Like, but that's probably because I I didn't grow up reading those books. I grew up reading Terry Pratchett. Um, so for me, I latched onto that and um, like yeah, it's um, I don't get it. And like I got to, um, you know, my my job and one of the first things that my uh, office mate asked me was like, we were chatting away about various things and they were like, what is your Pottermore house? And I was like, I don't know. I've got no idea. <laughs> like, So, yeah. And like like Tim says, there's so much that has kind of cracked off in that. And um, I'm someone that struggles to separate art from the artist a lot. And so for me, I'm like, there's people that I know that are massively obsessed with it. And I'm just there like, I don't understand. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yay for, uh, yay for Terry Pratchett not being a, 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 a problem. Yes. Yeah. Wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> okay. Uh, easy one then. Back to you, Tim. What is your favourite dinosaur? I mean, I did recently rewatch Jurassic Park. Still holds up. Absolute banger. Absolute banger. And the, just the way they make T-Rex the main character in that is unsurpassed in my view. So just, I know there are bigger dinosaurs. I know there are nastier <laughs> dinosaurs, but just for sheer kind of poetry, the T-Rex. There it is. Chris, you got you got a different one? Um, funnily enough, I'm going to have to go with the raptors. Like two, I love them. I realized that you know, like in Jurassic Park, actually velociraptors are significantly smaller and less deadly, but just raptors in general are just like have you you seen the bird the cassowary, which is basically just a raptor with feathers. 
and I'm like, that thing it's is just gets. Yeah, and like, I, I don't want a raptor anywhere near me, which is why I'm like, they're the best, you know? <laughs> All right, I got one more for you. Tim, uh, what is a horror, horror movie scenario you would hate to find yourself in? Oh, do you know what? I, I watched last week Dream Scenario, the new Nicolas Cage film. Carl, have you seen it yet? No. Carl, you got to go. It, mm. I've never seen on screen a better realisation of the things that terrify me most. And so, and, and even like the two things that terrify me most were both in this film, but I'll just give you one of them and then people can watch the film to discover the other one, which is a slightly mentally unstable man breaks into his house in the middle of the night goes into his kitchen, takes out the biggest knife that he can find and then creeps up the stairs and bursts in to his bedroom while Nicholas Cage and his wife are still asleep. I'm still having nightmares about it a week on. Unbelievable. Incredible. What are you, Chris? Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with... Uh, there's it's one of the films we watch as a band uh, called uh, the, the Hole in the Ground. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, not like spoilers ahead. Spoiler warning for anyone that's not seen it. Um, but there's a uh, a child in it um, that kind of goes through some some weird changes, and um, the suggestion is that it's no longer this child and it's something completely different. And um, like, I don't have kids. Mm. But kids are kind of creepy as is. Like, kids do things, and you're like, that was weird. And so I think, like, having a kid and then having that kid be even weirder than normal, I would just be like, is this me? Am I going mad? Is this, like, actually this kid? And, yeah, no, don't want anything to do with that. I'll, I'll thoroughly pass on that, I think. <laughs> just to remind everybody, because, you know, we've been going a little while here, and the whole point of this was to talk and promote and push your new EP, Welcome to the New Dark Ages Part 1, which is out on November 24th. Make sure you check it out. It'll be available via all usual streaming platforms as well on the band cap and so on, and pay attention to your social media as you go forward into 2024 for even more exciting things. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Cheers, Carl. Honestly, most been great. Love the questions. Thank you very much for watching. If you'd like to see more content like this, please consider hitting the subscribe button. It is gratefully appreciated. You can find us over at gbhbl.com, our full website, where reviews, news, and so much more goes up daily. We're also on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, threads, at GBHBL. Just search for GBHBL and you will find us out there. We also have merchandise on sale. You can access the shop via the website.